guys, so welcome back to uh, another episode of Digital Artcast. Thanks for joining us. Um, this, today we've got an interview set up um, and a great guest on. I met in the show workshops last year uh, in London, uh, Barak Maji um, of CD Project Red. Um, thanks for giving up your time, man. Thanks for talking to us. Uh, hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem, no problem. Um, so, you know, like a couple of guys I've talked to in the, on the podcast before, um, you were featured back at IW last year in London. Um, we talked about your process for, for 2D character design um, because you were working out of CD Projekt Red. Um, but before all that kind of stuff and the talks and, and the job you have now, um, how did you get into concept art, um, the industry in general, um, kind of going back to your younger years? Mm, it, it will be kind of long and not straight answer because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, because I I started working pretty early. I was 19 back then, but I did I wasn't necessarily doing concept art back then. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, I just quit uh, college. Uh, I needed work, so uh, my first work was actually not connected to games. I was doing like uh, chill scrolling pack pack shots. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but it's all, it was only for a month, and after that, I I got a work in games but it was basically mobile games mm-hmm. during the times where there were no iPhones right. most of the games were basically Java games so I was doing pixel art and animation for that and it was like for a year after that I got uh, my real concept art job so I was 20 back then mm-hmm. but the, the project never went out it was shut down Right, yeah. uh, because it was around this crisis uh, in 2008. Right, yeah. Uh, like, publisher, like, you know, like, mm, even though the, 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 mm, the contract was signed up, yeah. mm, they, after a while, decided that they cannot afford it, so. Yeah, which is commonplace now, I think. There's more and more people taking on work in studios and things get cancelled last minute, um, so yeah, it's, it's mm. quite common now. Yeah, well, so basically my, my first concept art job like was <laughs> kind of a failure. Yeah, I was yeah. there like for, I don't know, 10 months. Yeah. And uh, then I, I kind of switched from games to advertisements. I, I worked on one uh, short movie, mm-hmm. uh, a couple of commercials, one feature film, actually two, uh, but one was only in Polish market and uh, one is was Melancholia right. for, from Lars von Trier. I was doing uh, some post-production stuff for this movie yeah. because at one point I didn't, at the, the company that I was working on after the uh, this failure project, it was, there was not enough concept artwork mm-hmm. so uh, I started learning uh, comp- visual compositing when basically composing the shots right yeah uh, so at, the, at that moment I, I thought okay that's also cool maybe that will be a nice career and mm-hmm. uh, so I was like I was more flexible because of that I, I could do many many different things like I started Learning basics of like 3D programs, but mm-hmm. just you know to to be able to do make paintings and uh, yeah, well it was two years like 
two and a half years of making something that I wasn't actually happy with. Uh, I was doing some illustrations, mm-hmm. freelance work whenever I could, uh, some personal projects. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at some point, it, there was like this call from uh, a friend that I, I've met because of some, uh, how to say it, it was not a professional project. It right. was basically a game that was like, you know, back then in Poland there were many uh, unprofessional projects where, okay, let's do a game. We don't know how to make it, but Try we can it. do it. Yeah. 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 And because of that project, basically the guy who started it, like got a work at CD Projekt. Okay, yeah. And uh, when they needed concept artist, he basically called me. Great. And then you learned yeah. that was you kind of, you're starting a career in that Actually, the, getting into the company still was pretty hard and yeah. took me four months. Wow. Uh, uh, but, yeah, it was worth it. Yeah. And then going back even just kind of to the start of your story, um, you talked about leaving college. Did you kind of drop out, just, I mean, you said you had work, but were you finding that the education at the time wasn't helping your art career? Were you just learning more on your own? I, yeah, basically I wasn't uh, studying anything connected to art. Right. Uh, I just went to some technical school, mm-hmm. um, mainly because uh, my high school was a class I was uh, I was in is was basically about math and physics. Mm. Uh, so I'm eighty percent of my friends were going to that kind of schools. Yeah, more kind of engineering and physics. Yeah, yeah. so I did that too. I was studying something like uh, um, management and production engineering, some something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which Uh, which is a similar story. Oh no, sorry. I was going to say which is a similar story. A lot of people I speak to. It's it's always, especially in this side of Europe. I think a lot of guys are pushed into careers that their parents think is more suitable. You know, that would be a a steady job because art is still difficult for people to grasp. You make money yeah, well, there is also the, this thing that, in my opinion, right now, like uh, those art schools, like they're mainly focusing uh, uh, about like fine art. Yeah. And uh, they are teaching a lot of stuff that it's not useful right now. Right? Yeah, oh, no, definitely. Like lithography, and uh, so you spend many, many years not actually learning how to do any job, just yeah. something that might be a hobby right now. Or, Definitely. I mean, like, because obviously in Europe we don't have places like Art Centre or, or Colleges of Design yeah. that are like Pasadena that are big things across there. So yeah, it's it's changing slowly. Like when when I was starting, there wasn't not there was there were no schools that even like was thinking about games. Right yeah. now we have a bunch of schools that actually teaching game design in general. Yeah. Uh, starting like a, a, at least uh, concept art classes or three D classes. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, it was good. It was good to say. I mean, I was even talking to that uh, with Tim just recently, where you know he was saying about how even five years ago there was nothing online about you know uh, concepting or three D. Um, you know, art station was non-existent even back then. So it's uh, it's come a long it, way. It, it, I wouldn't say that there was nothing, but it was definitely or not the a, same. A lot less, yeah, right now, just now. yeah. Right now, there is a lot of uh, tutorials, video lessons. Th- yep. It just uh, the main problem is just selecting what uh, what's the best material to learn from. 
Yeah, yeah, which, which I think people are kind of spoiled with just now. There's so much, you know, online. There's so much things you can look or read or, or study. Um, but on the other hand, I, I need to say that actually, uh, when I was starting, my main knowledge and I was basically learning because of the uh, Internet Society, uh, like the Polish forum. Right. Yeah. Uh, there was like a cup, like a lot of guys that wanted to work in this industry and a couple of guys that already work mm. uh, so posting any image there like you could get a lot from it and yeah when facebook become more popular it changed it completely right now it's just about like it's hard it's easier to approach people and get some feedback from them directly but on the other hand it's it's harder to get this feedback because if you post it, if you post something on Facebook, you will just get likes and yeah. like positive comments. But nobody, even uh, I, hardly see any uh, feedback that like helps you uh, grow. Yeah, yeah. Which is the same. With, I talked to Justin Fields a couple of weeks ago, and he obviously started uh, ten thousand hours on Facebook, and you know that's somewhat something I think Derek done with Level Up, where. They were trying to create that kind of forum community on Facebook. Um, but with Justin's stuff, I've noticed that there is slightly a more professional edge. There's more people in it that are working in the industry, whereas Level Up now, I think, is getting more saturated with hobbyists. So there's mm -hmm. less yeah, less professional. So, again, that feedback you try to get is, you know, people will say, oh, it's a great image, but they'll know and they give them constructive. Yeah, and there's also this thing that when I was starting, like the, the level that you needed to actually break into the industry was completely different than now. Now you need to know and to be better than like, uh, I don't know, this eight years ago to break into the industry. Because oh, yeah. like the whole industry is like growing, the, the standard is like getting higher and higher. So, yeah. I mean, even we, we were just talking about that with, with Tim, how um, like 3D is such a big thing now for, for concept and especially even in 2D, like there's more and more people using 3D programs to build stuff uh, before they yeah. paint over it. Which, which is great. I mean, it's great that the industry's expanding these other tools, but again, it's it's just more and more stuff you have to learn to make your portfolio stand out. Yeah, the, but there is this thing that like 3D is very helpful and may speed up your process, but if you don't know the fundamentals, it might not help you at all. Yeah, you will just like you will you might focus on wrong things because you. Uh, you will be so high about like the 3D programs and uh, getting like easy uh, results. Yeah. Uh, because it's it's easy to uh, go for for easier way. Yeah, yeah. I would say, and uh, which is the same. I think even when people approach stuff like map painting now, I think a lot of people think that with photography or with photos, you can cheat a lot of the time. Like you wouldn't have to know much about painting to get something that would look quite good um but with matte painting obviously you still have to apply basic composition rules color theory and lighting which is all foundation stuff you learn as a painter um so yeah it's, it's yeah, yeah like you might use photos but if you don't know how light works you will not compose them correctly yeah yeah and if you're not setting your levels between the images then the whole thing will look you know just jarring it's so oversaturated um but yeah so and then Obviously, going back to when you got the industry, I mean, when you started working at um, CD Project Red, was that, um, I'm trying to think years ago, would that would have been when the start of the production of Witcher 3? Or was that 
too? Yeah, yeah, it was basically when I was started, we already worked on uh, Witcher 3. Like, uh, right. But it was just before Witcher 2 was published on Xbox 360. Right, okay, so uh, then it was just so a transition. I was basically working almost from the from the beginning of the Witcher 3. Right, grand. And then I take it, were you brought in as um, character 2D kind of straight away? Uh, uh, basically, I, the, at the beginning, mainly I was doing environment, right. environments. Right. Uh, and then at some point, because, in, uh, I don't know, like, I have this feeling that there is more people interested in creating characters, less people uh, wanted to work on environments. Yeah, so yeah. I, I was feeling that I need to actually earn it to right to work on, on monsters and characters, but it yeah. ended up like uh, I was at the end of the day working more on environment on characters and monsters than on environments but yeah. still I, I was probably the only guy who was working on everything right because you know in the industry especially in the bigger projects uh people are are specialized yeah definitely uh but on the other hand our team for the witcher 3 um, at the beginning of the project it wasn't that big uh, uh, it was mainly three people plus lead concept artists. So. Wow, oh my god. that's I even thought, I mean, we were talking about it earlier, where um, I think even the guy, I mean, obviously, it's a huge thing now with CG Project Red because everybody knows how small the team is, but I thought it was maybe like 10 to 15 people, but you're saying it was maybe four or five? Yeah, but like it, it changed at some point because like, oh, and there was Krakow um, uh, studio opened and there was like uh, two additional concept artists, but you know, like, on the end of the day, if you look at the credits, there is many more people. But yeah. like, from for the uh, for most of the production, the team was pretty small. Right now, they have more than twenty people uh, that you might call illustrators slash concept artists in right. the whole studio, right. because. Uh, the, stu the whole studio grow like more than four times since I started working there. Wow, wow, yeah, that's a lot. I mean, even like the guys at Rockstar in Edinburgh, I know um, they employ maybe uh, maybe ten to fifteen two D guys, but they have like a hundred and thirty three D guys there because um, mm -hmm. it's obviously there's so much more three D stuff needs built. Um, are you kind of similar? Is it you got a larger number of three D artists as opposed to two D? Mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, because you know you you have like whole environment department and oh, yeah. uh, character yeah. artists and yeah. and like you have for example guys that are like technical artists that just working on how to make stuff easier to produce in you know um, so at the end of the day like it's easier to produce uh, uh, designs and concepts and then like making like 3d character for a game like the witcher was like a month sometimes uh, with the monsters might might be even longer yeah and again you worked on some kind of key elements uh, in monsters and characters as well um what was your kind of main role going throughout the project were you were you doing a lot of the the, the design early on for um some of the newer characters or the newer monsters 
Uh, you know, like for The Witcher, it was like uh, mm, it depended on the situation because there were uh, a bunch of monsters that I, for example, I was just redesigning from the older's concept. Yeah. Some of the monsters changed completely from the the the, the Witcher one, like mm. ghouls. Mm. Uh, I still tried to to keep mm, the original feel of the design, but like. Mm, I don't know, like he, the movement changed because we had, you know, uh, how to describe it. The whole process of creating monsters, for example, might be different from time to time. Sometimes, like animation dictates the the whole uh, movement and stuff. Idea and some sometimes we may have some ideas during the concepting phase. You know, like uh, mm, there were a couple of. Uh, situations when I started working on the concept and then we had like a meeting with the gameplay designers and then do, through the conversation there were a couple of ideas for, for uh, fight, the way you could fight with this monster. Right, yeah. There were also some situations when we, we had like pretty nice um, ideas but there was no chance to make them. Because of some technical limitations and yeah, so so the harder was really defining what you could do with the characters' movement. Yeah, there we had like many situations when we needed to use the same skeleton the, because of the the rig, you know, yeah. preparing animation for every single monster and making them unique would be like very time consuming. So yeah, we have a bunch of monsters that like basically using the same skeleton. Mm -hmm. Uh, and in many cases, probably those monsters look very similar, but uh, um, you have also those situations when you have like monsters like Ghoul and Wildheart minions that actually, in my opinion, it was like uh, pretty successful in terms of making them uh, looking quite different from yeah. each other. Yeah, I mean, because like people obviously, I mean, there's some artists who I know have never really, um, they know of The Witcher, but they've never played it, but even to play it as a gamer, I mean, the, the game is so huge i mean there's so much stuff content wise within that world um i mean three was a real i think step up between two because obviously i mean two was a big game as well but three was just it was massive i mean did you know guys going in like at the start that you were going to be making for next gen like ps4 and xbox one and uh i i really don't remember but i i guess it was the case like uh because exclusively in the past you were making for PC kind of exclusively to start with, weren't you? Yeah, uh, I, I don't remember correctly, so I don't want to, like, um, saying something yeah. that was true. But I, I guess it was, like, from the very beginning, we we knew that, that we would work on the next scan, but, like, nobody knew the specifications of the right, yeah. consoles at the beginning. So, yeah. So, so you were building more exclusively for PC kind of specs or typical PC specs at the time. Yeah, but at the end of the day, you also need to mm, make this game uh, work on those things, so... Yeah. You try to kind of an anticipate the engine and build it around that, um, or what you think it's going I to be. I guess, like, it's most of the games, it's like, at the beginning, you work on the best quality, and then you're optimizing stuff, and some of the things might look uh, a bit different sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, and again, with the characters and environments you were building, um, 
where did you, I mean, because obviously I was there at your talk, so I learned a lot about how you built your characters, but for the guys on the podcast, um, you, your process for building monsters and characters, that you draw a lot from real life, don't you, or from nature? Um, it, it depends, like, uh, for example, with the, uh, with the Fiend, which was like um, one of the main recognizable monsters from The Witcher, mm-hmm. it was like, I got this task and I wanted to make something unique, but also our game director, uh, I guess, um, he came up with this uh, Slavic mythology, or like it was, it was a book illustrated by Pavel Zich, uh, a Polish artist, and uh, there was Fiend in this book, and he liked uh, the way the, the monster looked like, but mm-hmm. it's the, the whole book is kind of... Uh, cartoony right so I was basically working with this idea but trying to make it uh, look realistic so I was looking at the real animals uh, and there was this whole thought process like because like fiend was basically a devil from the woods right yes yeah. so how this uh, creature came uh, what in because um, you know I was trying to f- to visualize the situation where somebody is going to the woods and see something uh, in the bushes that looks like a you know demon or something yeah. uh, and what's really connected to what's pretty similar like what what kind of animals it could be and like it could be you know like European business that we still have in in Europe yeah. uh, like in Europe basically in Poland most yeah. of them are in Poland some of yeah. them are uh, I guess in Belarus, I, I, I don't remember, but uh, so I was looking at that kind of animals and I wanted to add something else, so I was also uh, looking at antelopes and uh, some deers um, because I, w- I wanted to add some horns, so mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. but also like in some cases, in terms of mood, we uh, we were looking at the uh, Russian illustrator Bilibin. All right, cool. So, yeah. 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 And then again with the environment stuff, were you basing that around um, trying to like extrapolate stuff from the books, or did you have an idea already going back from the first couple of games what you wanted your environments to look like? Yeah. The the thing is, like in the books, sometimes you have like some description and sometimes it's just like a one sentence yes so books mm, they weren't uh, always super helpful in terms of visuals uh, uh, in some of the monsters there were in the, the, the first and the second game so we were just like uh, refreshing the yeah, design yeah. Yeah, sometimes we couldn't actually use the same design because of also some technical limitations so we were just taking it and adapting to the things that we had um, again because yeah. even in the new Witcher there's uh, the main city that, you, that Geralt walks in and out a lot of the time I forget the name totally but um, but there, there was a huge element of a kind of hub city that was the big focus of The Witcher 3, was that a, a big task to undertake to, to build that, to des- design that? Uh, once again, because I didn't get the, the question, sorry. Oh, no, no, it's fine. Uh, I've seen within The Witcher 3, especially a lot yeah. of the early E3 demos, there was a huge city that uh, Geralt would, would walk into a lot of the times. The, your kind of main hub city in, in 
in The Witcher that you designed. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of the actual city itself, but um, I, I was just going to say, was it was it harder to design that as opposed to the more rural stuff, the more forest-based stuff? Or yeah, but you you are talking about the environment, like the the, the land that you yeah use, yeah, uh, the, yeah the environment. So yeah. basically, you have like a no man's land, which is like a swampy kind of area, and yeah. Skellige that is like inspired more or less a no, uh, by inspired more on the Nordic and yeah, mythology yeah. and environment. So yeah, yeah I, I wouldn't say that like there was anything like harder than than the rest of it. Uh, yeah. And I mean, because I think that was it, Novigrad. So Novigrad yeah, is oh, Novigrad, the, so is the biggest city in there. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, obviously a lot of the times within the Witcher, I mean, there's been times he's came in and out of towns and stuff, but Novigrad was a, a big undertaking because it was such an expansive place, so thriving with kind of life. I mean, was that a, was that one of your bigger challenges in the game? Was kind of getting that to work? Yeah, but the 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 thing with environments um, was that because we didn't have a huge team of concept artists and like um, so environment concept art was mainly uh, as an inspiration for the for the mood and yeah uh, and only in certain situation there was specific place uh, yeah. concepted but like our environment team did a great job like um, basically um, taking the the mood from the concept and then bu building the whole area by themselves basically yeah, yeah. Uh, I did maybe only one situation um, a specific map for a place but I don't even know if they, it was ever used in a, to, to build the, the village the same way as right. I, I drew it yeah. Yeah. and then even going forward and you know where you're working at CG project right now because it's such a big office but a lot of people obviously that listen to the podcast want to know what a concept artist would maybe do day to day or you know you're kind of 95 during your working week you know when you go in now i mean obviously you're working on a totally different project now which you can't talk about but um even when you're going on on the witcher what was your your typical day did you spend a lot of time painting most of the day yeah like at, at the beginning it was like uh just come to work if you have like some tasks to work on, you just work on it and then uh, asking your lead character artist or concept artist uh, uh, about what he, th what he thinks and what to change with that. Mm -hmm. uh, so the, the task might take, uh, you know, it depends also, like some monsters took like uh, two weeks to, to create a concept, but then uh, as concept artist, you also helps 3D artists to to get the the mood of the um, of the monster because also working on monsters was a bit different than working on characters. When you have a character, you know, car, uh, character artists already have the proportions, so he just work on the, the the visuals. And with monsters, when you do like 2D illustration, you can always in many cases you can fake the the form language so yeah. like basically draw something that's works on the two-dimensional space and is faking the three-dimensional space and yeah. would not work in in 3d mm -hmm. uh, so yeah but like um, 
basically every week we have like snapshots even now like where the team is gathering and we talk about what we did last week and what we can improve mm-hmm. and people are you know giving comments what yeah. they like what they don't like uh, and yeah on daily basis you spend this uh, eight hours you know it's hard to be super focused for eight hours so yeah. and during the day you also have lunch so yeah. uh, Sometimes there are moments when you also spend some time on meetings and talking about certain uh, things. It depends also um, what we are working on because there are sometimes harder harder tasks. If you, for example, work on some monster that will be a boss fight, Mm -hmm. uh, then everybody wants to make it as... uh, as good as possible. So yeah. sometimes, you know, uh, mm, the gameplay is influencing the, the visuals of the monster. Uh, so you need to uh, in- include that in your design. And it's sometimes, you know, when you start working on some task, they might, the, the description might be really mm, uh, big or just no, or like. <laughs> Sometimes it's really big, but like uh, while working on it, it changes completely. And sometimes yeah. the, the whole description, this whole brief is just one sentence. Or right, a yeah. story artist will just. Uh, with The Witcher 3, I had a lot, uh, many, many situations when he ended up uh, where story guys or quest designers they they send me to Wikipedia. All right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> check it by yourself and. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and again, because even like, uh, I mean, the first time, because um, actually, fun enough, the first time I played the Witcher game was Witcher Three, um, and the first one of the first bosses or, or monsters you come across is the the Griffin, um, yeah. and and again, even just that design wise was great. I mean, like, I think it's good about that series where it makes every part or every character feel so alive. I even sometimes think the monsters have a lot more personality than the humans. Um, in the game, there's just so much more depth to them. Like they're just so much more well-rounded characters. Um, did you even find that you preferred working on monsters as opposed to human characters? Uh, to be honest, I, I like variety. I, I if I would spend too much time working on one subject or like one theme, mm-hmm. I'm just getting bored. And uh, mm-hmm. so, as much a variety I can have. Uh, you know, I, I like it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And is, th- is that a focus kind of going forward now? Are you trying to make sure that on your next project, the one you're working on just now, that you are still getting quite variety? Are you more environment focused this time or characters again? Yeah, the thing is, like, because we can say that I work on, on Cyberpunk right now. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah I yeah. cannot say anything, anything else, about so. it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the, the 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 thing that I like the most about this project that it's completely different than the stuff we worked on before. So yeah, yeah. Uh, right I mean, now, I, I mean, I've only just seen the trailer, so I mean that's as yeah. much as I know about the the project. So yeah. Uh, so basically, I learn a lot right now because we work on things that we didn't work before. Uh, we haven't worked before, so. Yeah. Uh, 
Because cyberpunk obviously has an element of science fiction about it as opposed to fantasy, which is two opposite yeah. sides of the, the coin, yeah. Yeah, and you have, you know, like many things that like are comp- like um, I just <laughs> right now I'm thinking how to say anything that like um, something you can actually say I, that you're working on or something you're actually doing yeah, without yeah. giving away what you yeah. But I mean, like, are you like again? Are you doing more environments or characters, or are you getting a mix of both? Or um, right now it's like I'm basically uh, in car because after The Witcher uh, they basically split the concept art team right so environment artists have their uh, concept artists and character artists uh, have their uh, concept artists yeah. and there are many other tasks that's you know uh, that's why we also were searching for like much more specialized uh, concept artists yeah, uh, yeah. and I, I take it were you working on because um, obviously The Witcher released, um, and then there was you know two huge expansions after it. Were you yeah. work, were you working on them past The Witcher Three? Yeah, basically mm, not on the to the same degree. Right. Uh, uh, basically, Blood and Wine was started in Krakow Studio, and um, most of the stuff uh, was mm, like a lot of things that was like concepted exclusively for this expansion mm-hmm. was done by concept artists from Krakow, uh, right. which yeah. was Andrzej and Marta and uh, I guess Krzysiek. Uh, uh, but yes, but uh, during the Hearts of Stone, I was actually a concept art coordinator. So right. I had, uh, there, there was like a smaller team working on, on this expansion. Uh, so I was basically helping um, character art director or like mm-hmm. uh, yeah character art director yeah. Uh, to uh, you know uh, split the task between um, the girls because I, mm-hmm. my my team back then was basically four like in three girls yeah all right uh, so uh, I was giving uh, first feedback and. Yeah. That's kind of stuff. Yeah, and then again, obviously, um, I've seen through a lot of your your personal stuff or your art station. Um, you were doing a lot of illustrations for the Gwent card game as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there is this thing that basically uh, at the end of the Witcher Three production, there was like we knew that we will work on the the card game for a game, but yeah. we needed a lot of illustrations, and that was like kind of. Uh, big challenge because uh, uh, for the most like biggest like most of the time I was the only one working on it so I was wow. yeah yeah because like you know imagine the situation producer are just like okay we will don't need any illustrations we will just take some concept art and art that we already have yeah. uh, and just put it into a game and you know most of the time it doesn't work like that I, yeah yeah so yeah. Which is mm-hmm. interesting because obviously um, working on a card game there can be hundreds of cards. I mean I know a couple of the guys I know who work on the, the Hearthstone team mm-hmm. from Blizzard and it's the same with them. I mean they, they tend to sometimes freelance a lot of the stuff so a lot of the guys they get external to do cards. Um, like I think you've done the same with Gwent. I know uh, Dark at times was posting stuff that he'd done for Gwent um, but, um, but then they freelance. So were you finding 
uh, with Gwent, there was more people freelancing than in studio, or uh, it's because uh, there's so many cards to do. Yeah, yeah. The there's a thing that um, for them because at some point the uh, the studio decided to make the standalone game, yeah. and at the at the time, uh, you know, we already have had a couple of illustrations that we wanted to use. Basically, I did a bunch of illustrations that I was I had much more time to work on, and, and uh, they were they were for the TLC. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were like uh, ten cards that was. Um, changing the, the visuals of the card from the main game. Mm-hmm. And those cards were basically uh, chosen as a something that's like showing the direction of the cards that we should approach with the standalone game. Yeah. And from this moment, uh, we knew that we will need some a lot of work. So uh, a bunch of people like jumped on it in the studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, there is a separate part of the, the studio that working like uh, exclusively on Gwent. Yeah. Right now, I guess there is like eight people doing illustrations, but yeah. you know it it took time to to hire those people. So we also uh, sent a lot of stuff to uh, to outsource. Yeah. Uh, uh, hiring freelancers and like even Adrian Smith did a couple of cards for us. So yeah, and again, were you were you advertising that publicly, or was it more just like you as two D artists, new people you could probably fish out to, so you spoke to them directly, or you know, how did you advertise that? Uh, but you mean in in what situation, advertising the whole, the game, or like for in terms of artists? Oh no, uh, for Gwen, like if you were looking for people to do illustrations for cards, were you? Basic, basically, it was working like that. We were, um, you know, everybody knew some names that would see would like to see uh, in, in the projects and uh, we were basically contacting those people and asking them if they have time and uh, uh, if the rates are okay and you know yeah yeah definitely and then again now that the um, kind of Gwent's uh, kind of getting to the end of its life cycle now but it's going to probably be released soon um, is that you know as your main focus just cyberpunk now is that the whole kind of enveloping theme of the studio or are you just working you know getting that game kind of started yeah well, you know like uh, with card games it's like um, it never need, ends yeah yeah you need to develop them constantly put, putting like new cards and uh, new mechanics and, mm-hmm. and because without that it might die and st- like right now Quent is in closed beta it will be open beta soon yeah uh, at some point there will be whole campaign yeah that's in, that's probably gonna be awesome because yeah. uh, you have like a, a character walking on the 2D um, drone kind of style mm-hmm. map, and you will have like uh, you know stories and mm-hmm. um, yeah. from the Witcher world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and yeah, like uh, right now I'm I'm working exclusively on the Cyberpunk, but mm-hmm. um, you know. You're still freelancing some bits Part of, of the studio yeah. working on the on the Gwent. Yeah, yeah. And I, I take it um, when it comes to your illustration stuff as well, are you finding that um, there's a lot of kind of overlap with the cyberpunk stuff? Are you still using kind of similar design aspects or style? Or are you finding you're having to kind of 
like retrain your eye because cyberpunk is so different or yeah you know like uh, in terms of like taste and uh, I, I don't know it might be because like when you designing monsters it's kind of different than when you're creating something like for example technical and when yeah. you try to incorporate that in, in characters uh, yeah. And in many many ways, like designing characters is like basically the same fundamentals. Just uh, the visual language is a bit different. Yeah, because um, it's more kind of technology based, whereas Witcher was more in nature. So it's yeah, it's a bit different style wise. Yeah, yeah, like uh, you know, uh, the the whole style of the game is like developing and. Uh, yeah. Mm, that, that that's something that I don't want to actually go too much in, into. Yeah, to like, so early. Yeah, yeah. but like, uh, I'm basically uh, learning a lot because of the subject matter, and that yeah. there is this thing that whenever we work on something, we try to actually know how this thing works. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, because it creates your design look more believable. Yeah. Uh, I see many, many designs that, like, when you look at them, they don't make make that much sense. No real kind of uh, function in the world, yeah. Yeah, and I, and I see people actually being inspired by art mm. and, like, uh, not noticing certain things. And, like, because, like, when you are mm, taking your inspiration from other art, you, you just, uh, you can lose something in translation because you... When, when, if you would look at the mm, reference or look deeper into the subject matter, you might realize something different than the other artists did looking at the same stuff. That's why uh, 10 different people will do 10 different things from the same sets of references. Yeah, and I think it's trying to incorporate things that I think for real life sometimes that can make things feel believable. I mean, I know going back years, um, looking at when Jim Lee redesigned the the new Fifty Two costumes for Superman and Batman. He actually took a lot of inspiration from um, insects and insect yeah. style armor patterns, which incorporated in their in other stuff. So that's what I think makes things feel more grounded, and people can believe it better when there's a lot of nature based in it or things that come from nature. Um, and is that something you you incorporate into your art? Do you find you draw from life a lot and 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 nature? You know, it's. Uh it's always good to, to search for such things. But, you know, with ideas, it's kind of weird because, uh, you know, when you need the idea, there it's not there. Mm -hmm. When you're already, when you're already done working on some design, then you might accidentally get idea for, for, for this particular project. And yeah. that's something, uh, like many people like say that they like to, uh, work on something and finish it in one sitting, maybe max, maximum two, because like they hate it uh, the next day. Yeah. And uh, I feel that too. But on the other hand, when I work on something, uh, I also like to have time thinking on it mm -hmm. uh, to actually like search for those ideas or uh, sometimes spend more time preparing myself bef before I actually start working on something. Yeah, uh, yeah. which is good, obviously, because I think there's more people I've found similar to you where they will go 
and start something and then maybe come back to it a few days later because they want to try and have a fresh eye on it, you know, because yeah, you can get burnt out working on the same thing all the time, so... Yeah, there is also this thing that actually when you work on something and you get yourself into this uh, super focus mode, which is right now it's like uh, called uh, flow, yeah. because there is whole... Uh, like a couple of years ago, there was no such definition as, uh, as like everybody knew what it is, but yeah. uh, nobody was actually exploring it. And right now, actually, people know a bit how the brain works during the this moment, and mm-hmm. that's why, like, b- because uh, parts of your brain that is like uh, more. Mm, to, that is actually judging everything that you do is actually uh, not working on the same level and your um, creative part of brain is starting working more mm-hmm. and that's why uh, this day like if you work on something you might like it but the next day when your brain start working and the same as uh, as usual mm-hmm. you don't like this stuff because your judgmental part of brain is it's different. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And is that, again, um, like something moving forward, you would say for younger artists is to try and, like, do as well as to try and spend more time researching and, and, and thinking more about their art? It's like the, the, the research is also a tricky thing because you might spend a lot of time doing research and then not use it at all while working. And, like, it's easy to uh, go... F- for too many reference images and then yeah like mm, at the beginning I would say like that the, making sketches is also a part of research because like you you just uh, trying what could work and what could not work yeah uh, so mm, there there is also this thing that like in many cases when you start working on something it's sometimes problematic not because uh, you didn't do enough research but because you don't know the fundamentals or yeah. uh, or the the subject is like uh, you don't understand the subject so right. yeah uh, it's definitely crucial to to make the and uh, the research in right way for example i was working on on the boat for 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 the witcher 3 it yeah. ended up a little bit simplified in the game, but I did a bunch of designs of, of boats, yeah. and I didn't knew. I didn't knew anything about sailing, basically. So yeah. I spent one day reading about it and like uh, actually learning how uh, all of the parts of boats works. Mm-hmm. Asking also one of the guys from our team uh, about it because he. Uh, was actually sailing so uh, there is this thing like sometimes to make something believable you need to make this research in, in not necessarily in a way that you just search for references uh, images but uh, sometimes uh, you know knowing learning how something works yeah the function yeah yeah and then even just talking about um when you're building paintings and pictures as, as an artist now, when it comes to younger artists or people that would say, you know, I want to go work for CG Project Red or, or be in your department working in 2D, um, what do you feel is like, 
a good balance for a portfolio? Do you guys look for, is it more style you look for, individual style, or are you looking for guys who are accomplished painters or composition story? Basically, uh, I would say that um, having like a good skill set, uh, being able to create decent images is uh, crucial, but there is also this thing that uh, many artists that we hired, uh, it, those are people that uh, have interest in particular uh, subject matter. For example, we have a guy who uh, he's just crazy about weapons and like he knows everything about them yeah. and he's designing weapons. Uh, and we have guys who are basically crazy about cars and they know a lot about cars and they are like uh, doing 3D, um, like they, they are working on cars in 3D and that yeah. and so on. Like uh, for example in The Witcher, like I learned a lot from Jan Marek, which was like Mm. In my opinion, he influenced a lot the, the style of The Witcher 2 in terms of uh, clothing mm. uh, because he took uh, a lot of visuals that were mm, from later times, mm, even Renaissance, right. and it, they were incorporated in the, in the Witcher and you don't see many projects uh, that are fantasy that doing that stuff. Yeah. Uh, so, um, I would say being basically interesting person in general, uh, doing something specific and uh, actually uh, knowing everything about this subject would be helpful. Yeah. Uh, and it's all also it's about the moment. You know, sometimes you need uh, a lot of luck mm -hmm. to get the job because yeah. there is many many people. I, I remember when we. I posted information about uh, internships. There was like a, two days to send your uh, your email, and there was like a 500 people. Yeah, who wanted to uh, to do the in, in, to be an intern. Yeah, and uh, from those 500 people, only two of the people get the opportunity to do yeah. that. So yeah, so, and I, and I know how rare that is because obviously. Um, you know yourself because you're on my Facebook, but I really just recently got a an apprenticeship, well not apprenticeship, but an, an intern position at Axis Animation in Glasgow, yeah. um, which was I think there was over 200 people applied for it, and uh, there was me and a, another person from my university got it, and uh, yeah, it's it's a huge like I mean like because obviously it's it's a thing I think that I feel or have seen the last couple of years where. More and more people through art books, through content stuff, it's online and in most places now in, in Google Images that, I'm trying to think how to say this, but a lot of people think that it's it's a job where you go and you draw pictures all day and you get to hang out with your friends and play games and like even now I think there's more and more people that are going into something like concept thinking that it's like, a, I mean obviously it's a fun job and it's great because you get to have a passion and get paid for it but People just aren't aware. At the end of the day, it's still work. It's still a job. It's still yeah. really hard to, to uh, even one of these things where I never learned or I never thought when I started how it's one of these jobs where you you're always learning. You never stop learning new techniques. You're constantly trying to fill your brain with as much stuff as you can, 
um, whether it be composition or colour or paint techniques or programmes or um, books. Um, do you feel that as well? That Do you find that... Um, I mean, people who get hired is different because they're sometimes more passionate, but do you think people now or younger people trying to get into concept and have that idea of the industry that it is more gaming or more more fun than real actual work? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, uh, definitely, like, every company is different. And uh, uh, there is this thing that uh, you might love some games mm -hmm. uh, and might think that, like, this company would be the best for you. But yeah. uh, when you start working there, you might realize the work environment would not necessarily uh, fit you as a person or your style. Uh, you know, sometimes there is there are many people that, that they want to start from working uh, f uh, at the biggest companies, but yeah. uh, in reality, it's the, the it's the hardest way to actually break in the industry. So it's it might not be the best idea. Yeah. Uh, you might you also might have like you might be super lucky and get this um, this job. Mm -hmm. But not appreciated because you don't have any uh, previous experience yeah. and uh, idea how the industry actually looks like. Yeah, I mean, like even across here in Scotland, um, even though being a, again a smaller country, um, a lot of people who want to get the games industry here look at places like Axis or places like even Rockstar in Edinburgh uh, making Grand Theft Auto. But um, a lot of these big, huge companies, people who have came in, have came in from smaller indie studios. Um, so obviously there's more and more of them in Scotland now, um, like Blazing Griffin and Outplay, um, where I think that's probably a, a better kicking off point um, to start your career as opposed to going into these bigger studios. Yeah, even like even the, the CD project, uh, like when I was starting working there, like uh, it was definitely less known studio as now, like after The Witcher. Uh, and because of that, like the, these five years uh, ago, it was easier to get into the studio yeah. uh, because there was l less people that actually wanted the job. Yeah. Uh, but uh, going back to your question about reality and the real life of uh, concept artists, like mm. the 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 biggest struggle and the the, the hardest part is, I, I guess, uh, having ideas all the time and sometimes work on something. Uh, for a month and you just basically it's hard to and you, you cannot you mm, cannot nail the design it's like nothing is working sometimes you work on something for uh, I don't know like three months and it ends up in a trash at the end yeah. of the day because uh, something like not necessarily it was about the, 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 the visual design but it might not like you know uh, maybe it wasn't fitting the whole game in general so um, which i think is an important thing as well because i think you should be able to walk away from a painting when it isn't working like yeah don't labor the point that you have to finish something i mean it's great to finish a painting sometimes to make that point where you, you can finish something if you're not if you're constantly not finishing paintings but you, i think a lot of people have to realize even younger artists i've noticed where you don't have to stick with a paint until death. Like you don't have to be constantly making it sure that it's finished, it's one hundred percent complete. If you feel it's not working, then just delete it. Don't bother saving it. Just get rid of it. Um, and, and there is also this thing. Uh, I, whenever I was working on some personal image, I 
uh, I was working on it. If it wasn't working, I was just stopping working on it. But uh, I did that mistake that I wasn't trying approaching the same idea from different angles, for example. And sometimes it's better to just scrap the image, start over, like yeah. uh, getting what was working from from the the previous sketch or yeah. illustration, and then using that to to create something maybe better something new yeah i mean again when we talked to borker earlier on um he was talking about the market scene that he done where he basically built a whole market to start with and then he just recropped the image to focus on one yeah, area, yeah. which is yeah so so he was talking about it at uh, in his workshops yeah yeah well yeah. and that's what he's saying is that he always talks about how um paintings really come together and like the last three or five percent like sometimes an image won't really be like nailing it until you know the last maybe half an hour you spend in it you know because that's when you find your your flow as you talk about you know you'll, you'll maybe render stuff for maybe an hour and then eventually you get to the last maybe five or ten minutes and you're like all right cool i know where this is going now so yeah, yeah or you might spend 10 hours on something and basically destroy it yeah <laughs> burn it with fire so yeah um so yeah th th that's great uh Mark, uh that's that's you know, a great uh, talk with you about all the, the things you've done in industry. Um, for the guys who don't know you, um, how can they find your work? Are you you're an art station and you have a website? Yeah, right? I'm, I'm on an art station. Basically, if you search for Marek Made, I guess uh, I'm the only guy like with that, that name on the art station. Yeah, pretty uh, And then you have Instagram as well. Oh, no, no. Yeah, I have, yeah like basically... Uh, mm, uh, my nickname on web right now is like Bandit Pencil, yeah. uh, and yeah, I have a web page. I, I I'm trying to update it, uh, but so it busy. takes time yeah. because I whenever I'm working on it, I'm just uh, changing the the visuals of the the website, and then I'm bored at some point and yeah. starting over. <laughs> like, yeah. But, yeah. Um, Basically, so, artofmarkmaday.com. Okay, that's great. Um, well, just finally to thank you, Mark, for coming on and speaking to us. It's been great. For having Thanks you. for inviting me. Yeah, no worries, man, no worries at all. Um, and for other guys who are listening, um, to go check out his work. Also, you can check my work out. I'll leave the links in the description below. And, of course, check us out on iTunes and YouTube. Um, we'll be coming back with more interviews soon. And, uh, yeah, that's great. Thanks, guys. See you later. Thanks. Thanks.